the almost 10 years that I spent at Project Ujima were memorable in so many different ways. Um, from being able to see kids who were at their worst, uh, at the point of death, uh, to see them survive and then see them heal and return to the community um, as normal as they could be um, was a phenomenal experience. Uh, I remember my first time going over to the hospital uh, to um, check on a child, actually look at their chart and make sure that our staff visited them. We always had to document everything, every visit. And this young man uh, was shot, 17 years old, walking home from school. And this young man um, had to have a CT scan, uh, but I just remember him you know, laying there and almost lifeless without, you know, being able to breathe on a breathing machine. And I just, it, it was so emotional for me to stand there and see this young child that belonged to somebody, someone from our community, a child. You know, we don't always think of 17-year-olds as child, as children, but they're, they're a child. They belong to someone. Um, and to see the condition in which they were, and it was something that was totally preventable. It was something that this child didn't have to be there, didn't have to suffer, you know, this injury. And it was so impactful for me uh, at that moment is when I really understood that that's what my job was gonna be. Um, I think tying into my childhood and looking at victimization through Project Ujima and looking at all the kids that we touched who were victims of violence, you know, you, it's so hard to understand unless you've been there or you've had an experience that reminds you of something like that. And so many of those kids do not have a voice. We look at violence and we think, well, that's a black issue, that's a brown issue. Look at how many kids are getting hurt. And yes, while there's more violence that happens in the inner city, there's a lot of more things that happen outside the city that hasn't even been uncovered yet. And you, we focus so much on what happens in the city. And what I say is because in the city, we don't have to cover anything up. We don't have to be afraid of saying that this is wrong and this is messed up and this is, shouldn't be happening. Um, where in other communities, they don't have that luxury. It has to be a secret because people can't really know what's happening in their community. And I had many conversations about being able to really use the opportunity at Ujima to be able to speak and give them a voice. Those kids don't have a voice. People say in my time that I was at Ujima, I've heard a little bit of everything. I heard, you know, that kids put themselves in that situation, um, that their families were the problem, that they didn't have parental guidance. Um, you know, when you take a community issue and you look at it and you start working on a community issue, it's like an onion, right? You, you peel back a layer and then there's always other layers underneath. Every community issue is very intertwined. It's, it's very interrelated. And so when you t peel back the layer to address what you think you're addressing in terms of violence, you find out that there's unemployment, uh, very low education, low socioeconomic status. You start to find that 
what people don't want to talk about, what I call the ugly uh, that's out there in the community, are all wrapped together in every one of the community issues that you deal with. So you can never just find one solution. There's a lot of solutions and it's looking at it really from a public health model that really breaks it out into pieces so that people, you bring the right partners, you bring the right collaborators to the table to be able to talk about all those different things and put those resources together to really target what you're, you're, you're really trying to work on.